Okay, hello everyone. It's Dashian Miller, and we're here with Kuden Podcast, Kuden Radio. This is episode 128. So we know what Nijutsu is supposed to look like based on the traditional Nijino Hachimon. It's all over the internet. But the question for this episode is, what the hell is that supposed to look like for the 21st century? All right, we'll talk about that and more as soon as I, we get back. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And that's still my story. Anyway, um, if I act a little weird tonight, um, there's a reason for that. Somewhere around 10, 1030 this morning, I started getting really, really nauseous, right? So I'm going to try to not like make this a very interesting episode in that way. Um, but I, we got through uh, camp this weekend. Everything was fine. And then this morning something started. So somebody carried a bug around that, um, I got so I'm gonna to have to use some uh, ninja kuji and health and all that kind of stuff to get through this as quickly as possible. But it's still riding high, if you know what I'm saying. So we're gonna to try to make this um, make this work. All right, I'm here, you're here. All right. So um, the theme for this year's fall camp, right, which we just had this past weekend, was uh, bringing the ninja hachimon into the 21st century. So. Full transparency, we had a glitch, as in operators, headspace, and timing, um, that where the Friday evening uh, uh, session, right, that topic didn't get recorded. So that's what we're going to discuss today. So everybody gets the benefit of that first session, which was really the whole impetus behind uh, the whole camp, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at this litmus test from ancient Japan, right? Uh, something called the Ninja no Hachimon. And there, sometimes there were things in place like this. Other ones, right? If you look at the Shoninki, you see something different. If you look at the Bonsen Chukai, different but similar because they think the authors of both of these things were the same people. Uh, again, being careful when we look at these things to, to remember that a lot of these tomes that people gravitate toward, um, that's only one type of Nijutsu. Right. Typically, they're for the Ganyan field operatives as opposed to the Chunin, uh, roughly, I mean, it's middleman, middleman, whatever, middle person, um, uh, field commander, whatever. The other ones like M in the, in the James Bond movies, right, that, that divvied out the assignments and uh, really good at ferreting out uh, moles and, and double agents and all that kind of stuff, not just assigning people, right? They were responsible for making sure that the clan didn't get freaking infiltrated uh, by somebody else or that an agent didn't get turned, right? And then the Jonah and the Hyman, all of these, um, while there are similarities to their training, they're all very different kind of things, right? So anyway, um, we're going to look at this, uh, this, this framework, right, called the Ninja no Hachimon. They were eight gates, eight areas of training that a bona fide school of ninjutsu, right, had to be teaching in ancient Japan 
to be allowed to say that they were actually teaching ninjutsu or for somebody who professed to be a ninja, right, had to be training in these areas. Uh, if you look at the Togakure school, right, there's 18. Actually, there's 36. That's for a different session. Uh, but there's uh, 18 uh, levels. So people will have this little argument. It's not eight. It's 18 and whatever. The eight are in those 18, right? So, uh, again, what we did was we took a look at them very, very briefly. And but what we want to do is take a look at the essential nature of the skills in that set. Right. Historically, why are they there? Right. What does each one allow you to do? What what is its nature? Right. What does it allow you to control? How does it what, what kind of skills does it give you? What abilities does it give you? Because. If we don't understand that then we're going to do what a bunch of these yahoos do, and they throw a bunch of shit together um, and then call it ninjutsu. Because, you know, ninjutsu can be anything, right? Um, so what we want to do is make sure that if we're upgrading this to the 21st century, right, then the essential nature, the kotsu of the art and the original intent, right, of the founders, the creators, all those folks that lived and died so that we could do this stuff, right, that it's 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 all the same. It's true. Okay. So um James, we'll have to make sure that when folks uh get the recordings for this or whatever that they get that worksheet. Or actually there's a link. The worksheet's on the on the website, isn't it? Right? There's a isn't there a page? Okay, then go and sign up for that. Okay, cool. Right. So um you can actually just kind of enter your name and email and whatnot and download this this updated uh chart that I made. Where on the left side, it has the original eight gates. In the center, it has just a brief summary of the essential nature, right? And then on the right side, what that would look like in the 21st century based on that essential nature, right? That bridge. Excuse me. All right. So if you're just signing in, I've got some kind of bug, and it includes nausea and all that. So we're going to just keep on going, and hopefully... Uh, you don't see Kuji projection of energy in the wrong way. All right. So I'll try to make sure that breathing and it's all good. All right. Those of you who are listening in later on the uh, podcast uh, directories and all that uh, count your blessings. Right. So I'm, I'll try to keep everything uh, under control anyway. So um, that's what we want to do. I want to take a look at, at, at these things and, and understand how it works. Okay. Uh, before I jump into that, though, I do want to uh, make sure that everybody knows uh, people keep asking, right? Those, uh, if you've been following along with our uh, Warriors Whiteboard Wednesday, you know that that's kind of the big picture lesson for the week that sets up something that we do on Fridays where we have these virtual uh, master classes where we set up, you know, system at, at the academy and then uh, we run Zoom so that Whoever wants to be in on those classes can uh, can watch the physical right techniques that are reflections of that big big lesson uh, that I'm giving on Wednesday. Okay, so up to this point, everybody's been you know if you, if you want to jump in, it's four ninety nine four dollars ninety nine cents right um, to get like this hour and a half class and you know recording and all that kind of stuff right. Uh, but people have been asking right um, you know instead of doing this every week is there a way that we can do this thing like long term like monthly or whatever so finally right 
we got everything in place. And uh, I just sent out an email today um, that uh, lets everybody know that it's all set up. There's a whole bunch of stuff. As a matter of fact, to, to kick it off, uh, we included well over $1,300 worth of bonus training as well on top of these uh, live classes that you can get in on. And what we also did was we expanded it from just Friday to include also our Tuesday master class. So there's eight, depending on how the month lays out, right? There could be as many as nine classes um, there, plus the recordings, plus when we're, when we're running those things, I'm always checking in with people and seeing if they have questions. I get a chance to look at their taijutsu uh, or how they're doing things to make sure that, you know, it looks right. So they're getting feedback, right? And they're always treated, uh, one of the guys, several people signed up for camp, but uh, only, I think only one person made it in uh, live for the entire time. So kudos to Jeffrey Fletcher. He was in for the entire, what, 12, 15 hours, whatever we did, right? And so even though he was through Zoom on a computer screen, everybody treated him as though he were in the dojo uh, live, same time, right? And so uh, that was a cool thing as well. But anyway, um, you know, questions, feedback, all that kind of stuff that comes along with it. But I decided to drop a whole bunch of extra stuff in there as well. So at some point, James, if you could just put the link to um, that information page for that, for anybody that might want it, that'd be awesome. Uh, check your spam or your social promotional folders, whatever, to make sure your email provider didn't uh, toss our email over there. And if you stop checking email because text is king, then, well, you're only getting no information from us. How about that? Right. So we're looking into a text based solution as well, but we can only there's only so many characters that we can put in there. Anyway. Excuse me, I apologize. All right. So let's jump into this. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at, at this thing. So if you have a notebook, piece of paper, app on your phone, secondary window on your computer, whatever, that you can jot these things down. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to list out the ninja, the traditional classical ninja no Hachimon, right? And then I'm going to have some questions, right? So instead of me reading off this list, right, and giving you the list, and then telling you what I think should be the 21st century version of that, there's a pop quiz, just like there was for the folks that were in for the Friday evening session, right? Um, this is an interactive episode, even though... I can't hear your voice. James is going to be your translator because um, he's really good at translating people. <laughs> I think he's laughing in the background, but I'm not sure. Anyway, all right. So uh, if you if you're all set, we're ready to go, right? Um, and I didn't do up slides for this thing because it's not video only, right? This more people listen in on this on the podcast uh, directories and the audio only stuff. So I didn't want to do them a disservice. So we're just going to read it off. So if you're listening in on audio only and you're driving or whatever, you're going to have to play it back later to jot this stuff down unless you can, you know, tell somebody else in the car or whatever that uh, they need to do this thing for you. All right. So anyway. All right. So number one on the Ninja no Hachimon is Ninja no Kiai. Ninja no Kiai. All right. So Kiai, right? The word Kiai, I know everybody has their own translations and whatnot, but I'm just one of those people that like, I, I go looking, right? What does the kanji mean? All that kind of stuff, right? And everybody has their thing, right? But Kiai 
as close to literal as you can get. It means harmonizing energy or harmonizing with energy. And what's being implied is that I am in tune with something greater, universal energy, his energy, whatever. Okay. So ki, right? Um, and it transcends just the vocal cords. Okay. So the word ki, right? Just like in Chinese, qi, ki, right? Energy. I, right? AI, I is uh, harmony, right? So harmonizing energy, harmonizing with like it's universal energy, that kind of thing, right? Most people know them as spirit shouts uh, throughout camp, right? Uh, for those of you who pre-ordered the, uh, the camp uh, video recordings, they'll be out uh, probably, what, mid to late this week, uh, as soon as we get the download page all set uh, for those. Uh, but one of the sessions that we did was on the four uh, shouts that is in our system that almost no one works on, right? Uh, and we were going to do another one, but by the time I, well, I, I'll, I'll take it on as a misscheduling kind of thing. Uh, I actually put it at the end of camp, not really considering that everybody was going to be living to that martial name, Dragon Ass, right? They were just freaking exhausted after all the stuff that we did, and it would have just not worked so well. So we just kind of shifted a couple of other sessions. Uh, let them run a little bit longer. So, and then we just did a Q&A at the end. Um, but we were going to, as a part two, we were going to look at how um, this looks or what it looks like coming from the pure Mikyo side of things, right? So the four shouts, you can, and you can look it up. It's at the tail end of like Nijutsu history and tradition, right? Way, way back in the back under Kiaijutsu. There's just a brief description right there. But what we did was we actually acted it out um, when we were working techniques and stuff like that. So, uh, and talked about the psychology and what's, and what, what's going on, right? Um, beyond just the words that are being said or the sounds that are being made or whatever. Okay. Um, and there were no like, none of that. All right. So, but it was, uh, anyway, everybody had a good time. But, um, so what we're looking at here is using verbal expression, right? And we'll, we'll talk about this as I come back to it. Um, but it's not limited to just these martial arty sounding kind of things that people like to make and sound all cool and warm and fuzzy about, right? Kiajutsu literally is the use of for, uh, use of the voice, right? Um, for everything from verbal communications to, um, conveying intent and whatnot. So I'll come back to the science of that. Um, in just a bit, all right? So first gate of the eight gates, Ninjo Kiai. Second gate, Ninja no Taijutsu, okay? Uh, ninja no, preface all of these, it's an old way of cataloging things, uh, even though people would just say Kiajutsu, Taijutsu, whatever. Um, the, the traditional list has has it listed this way, right? So Ninja no Taijutsu, I think we all get that one. That one's pretty obvious, right? On our uh, personal combat. Right. So uh, gate number three is Ninja no Ken. Right. So use of the uh, the ninja's use of swords, blades, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, gate four, gate four, gate four is Ninja no Shudiken. Okay. So um, we'll take a look at, at kind of a misnomer with that because uh, Shudiken kind of shows up at least twice in Japanese martial arts. 
one from a samurai perspective and one from a ninja perspective, although the ninja uses both. Okay. Uh, and they're way back in the eighties, there was an argument and maybe even into the nineties, an argument about what the word shuriken meant. Um, and what's as usual with lots of people on two sides of a fence that are arguing, I don't care if it's in the U.S., Democrats and Republicans. I don't care if it's pagans and, and religionists, I, whatever, right? Um, they were both right and wrong at the same time. Well, not at the same time, right? Uh, sometimes what they need to do is just shut the hell up, do a little bit more research than just their finite little, you know, uh, blinder kind of thing and uh, come out on the other end with a bigger, broader uh, understanding of things. All right, so Ninjo Kiai, Ninjino Tajitsu, Ninjino Ken, Ninjino Shuriken, Ninjino Sojutsu, okay, Ninjino Sojutsu. So Sojutsu uh, is uh, use of the Yari, Naginata, so spear, halberd, that kind of stuff, right? Um, and again, you know, Naginata, halberd, Yari, spear. So one of the questions that, that I had to pose to folks is if, Yadi is spear, then why is this not called Yadi Jutsu? Right? And no soul jutsu, soul does not point to long pole arms, right? Uh, the kanji for soul means monk, right? So talk a little bit about that historically, but it was used to spear, right? Uh, gate number, uh, what is that? Gate number six is Nijino Kajutsu. Use of fire and explosives. Uh, gate seven, Ninjino Uge, deception, uh, manipulation, generally speaking, influence. And gate number eight is Ninjino Kyomon. Kyomon means knowledge, right? So what the hell is ninja knowledge? Right? So again, this is the classical list, okay? Uh, as one of my teachers said a long, long time ago, um, the most historical thing that I could do in the 20th century, he was speaking prior to 2000, right? Um, so I'll just echo it for today. The most traditional thing that I can do in the 21st century is not go running around in pantaloons, which are hakama that are bound at two spots on your legs to look like pants, right? Carrying shuriken and a sword. The most traditional thing in ninjutsu that I can do is to not do those things, okay? Because ninjutsu is a living thing and it's updated. It's not a it's not a static. People are gonna take this the wrong way. Museum piece, right? It, it, it involves progress, right? Where the samurai mindset was. If it was good enough for great, 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 great grandpa, then it was good enough for great, great grandpa. If it was good enough for him, then great grandpa, then grandpa, then dad, then me. I don't mess with it, right? Tradition. Tradition matters, right? Um, if we lived that way, then we would all still be riding horses or walking, maybe having a horse and buggy, right? But things changed. Technology understanding, knowledge, science, all that kind of stuff, right? So where the the samurai was about maintaining, right, and protecting the status quo, the ninja, while they had their own traditions that they followed and, and things like that, and general Japanese kind of things, um, 
anything that could be learned, imported, or whatever that would improve the quality of life, the speed at producing success, all that kind of stuff, um, they looked at. Okay, So just like Kose historically was not always done the way most people know, Kose no Komai, right? Um, lots of other things in the art have changed as well. Okay, It's a reflection of the times. The buge Japan or juhake, right? The 18 levels of, of samurai training, right? While not as much, that still changed dur at during different eras because weapon or weapon quality changed. Um, armor, armor always changes because weaponry changes, right? And then battlefield tactics and all that kind of stuff because of these simple changes. Just like, you know, people get a pay raise. They're happy for about, what, three to six months until the economy catches up because you can't get a pay raise without that having a trickle down and everybody else getting a pay raise. And then the next thing you know, everything gets raised. The cost of goods go up because they had to make up for the money to give the pay raises. And now everybody's in the same freaking boat they were three to six months ago. But either nobody takes an economics class or nobody gives a shit when they're in economics class. So they continue to make dumbass decisions. And that's my take on it. So there you go. All right. Um, we could just see outside of our own little freaking narrow bubble. We might make better decisions. So anyway, all right. So Nijin uh, Hajimo, right? So what is the essential nature of Kiajutsu, right? Kiajutsu, and we can go really, really deep into this. We just don't have time for it. But Kiajutsu as a science involves everything from just vocal intonation right? Tone, inflection, those kind of things. Um, sounds, uh, kiai, kiai, uh, kajitsu, kiai, uh, this kind of sounds are often in, in uh, Japan called kotodama. Okay. Kotodama means spirit sounds. Okay. Um, because they've been studying this stuff for a long, long time. Um, so it goes everything from that to the vibratory rates, not just out here in the world, but when you speak, Right. If you could if you're very body aware, tactically aware, right, you'll feel your neck and the parts in your neck, the veins and arteries and all that kind of stuff. Right. Your chest, chest wall, all that kind of you'll feel them vibrating. Right. And if you can play with this for a while, you can get you can feel that vibratory sense going out into pretty far out into your body, down into your trunk, out into your shoulders and arms and things like that, right? And so, you know, again, if we paid attention in school, we know that sound is just vibration through the air, right? And those vibrations are bouncing off of other objects and they're vibrating and all that. So it's, it's influenced through sound, okay? Influenced through sound. So, uh, so here's the question, right? Now, some of these things change a little bit. Some of these things on the list will change a lot. And some, the change is not, I can't say they don't change, but the change comes about because modern science has explored it much more deeply from a scientific perspective and not just an experiential perspective. And now these other sciences have grown out of it, right? Uh, or these other fields have grown out of it. Right. And what we have to do if we're serious about learning 
is be able to step away from the quote unquote audio only people. I'm making air quotes again, right? We have to be able to step away from our, our, this, this trap, right? Of only wanting to do it the quote unquote traditional way, the classical way. Okay. Modern science has way more things, right? Um, I, I know how to start a fire with five different fire lighting methods if I'm if I absolutely have to out in the wilderness, right? We're talking, you know, the the uh, stick method, the the bow and drill method, uh, all kinds of things, right? Even uh, magnifying glass when I don't have magnifying glass because all it takes is a drop of water on a leaf that you poked a small tiny hole in. Put a drop of water on top of that, you now have a magnifying glass and you can start a fire, right? So I always freak people out when I ask them if they could start fire with water, okay? So um, there's that, but you know what? I'd rather just flick my lighter and have a fire, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's just easier, right? Otherwise, we'd all be sitting around freaking rubbing two sticks together, especially the smokers, right? Can you imagine them getting a, getting a light? Hey, dude. You got two sticks I can borrow? <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Anyway, so <laughs> maybe less would smoke. <laughs> so anyway, all right, that's even sick. I got it. Anyway, <laughs> so, all right, so here's the question, right? What does what does or can the ninja no kiai, right? Ninja no kiai, what can what can be included or what could we be pursuing and looking at within the realm of Kyajutsu today outside of making up funky sounds at the end of a kata, right? And, you know, feeling all warm and fuzzy about ourselves and having our nipples poking through our shirts. Mine do all the time. Anyway, my kids, my kids say, dad, you, you don't even need a Batman costume. What's up with that? I'm excited all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? God help you guys when I'm cold. Anyway, all right, so uh, James will read off what your responses are, and um, no response is a response. Okay? Please don't be like Western academic students who just prefer to sit back and wait until the teacher gets bored and then just answers. Okay? So, James, any answers coming in yet? Anybody on that was at camp? Other than you? <laughs> no? Too bad people can't type the cricket noise. What do you think? That'd be awesome, right? Chirp, chirp. Anyway, I'm going to open you up here. So, uh, you know, there you are. Down in your little magic thing. Right? <coughs> Excuse me. You need a drink and keep things at bay. Okay. Um, nothing? No one? All right. No, I don't see anything. Okay. Do you have the list in front of you? Yes. Yes. Okay. How about if you read off some of those, uh, the things on the list? And again, this is brief because the paper is only a certain length, right? So I paraphrased a lot. And I just threw things out and I used the the ETC, right, et cetera, <laughs> a lot, right? I think that's on every one of them, isn't it? 
right? Or most of them. Most, most of them. Yeah, most of them. Okay. So what kind of topics could we be studying instead of just um, trying to make up noises and sound tough? Uh, one's neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro, if you hear me reference that a lot, neuro-linguistic programming, right? That's the control of the – it's our control of how we create word patterns so that we can influence other people to help either establish rapport, right, uh, to influence – uh, their decision making, uh, especially for instructors, right? If we're trying to help them, that kind of thing, right? But um, just in the beginning, it's just like a rapport thing, or how do we, uh, you know, get somebody to back off, right? But I think during camp, we talked about the fact that most people do this kind of stuff already, but this is more about acting or living intentionally rather than accidentally, right? If you're a parent, and the kid was about to reach into the cookie jar or something you just told him not to do, and you went, <clears throat> and you influenced their response, their their action after that, right? It's that was a key eye, right? Key eye goes all the way back to nature, right? This is not something abnormal. This is not something made up in the martial arts, right? Okay. If you've ever brought two live wires together and caused them to crackle or spark or whatever, right? The spark is the power. It's the energy, right? That's the thing that will freaking shock you, right? But there's that sound. It could be anything from a sizzling, popping, cracking, whatever, right? Noise. That noise is nature's kia. It's the sound that accompanies the power, Right? Thunder is the natural key to lightning, right? It's amazing to me. I think I mentioned this on Friday night as well. It's amazing to me how many people are terrified of thunder because you can feel like from the lightning, the storm could be miles away, but that, that thunder roars and you can feel, right, things shake, right? The china in your cabinet shakes. You can, you can feel it, right? People are terrified of thunder. But they'll stand out in the open and watch a lightning storm. Ain't it pretty? Right? Except it's a lightning that's going to kill you. Right? So here's this light show that really is the power, but the thunder is that natural kind of thing. Right? If you've ever tried to pick up something really, really heavy or help your friend push his freaking pickup truck or whatever, right? Um, and it was just really tough and you put everything into it and all of a sudden, this kind of guttural sound came out, right? It was a natural key eye of pent-up energy. You're trying to get this stuff out, and then it just comes out, right? Somebody, you know, makes you angry, and it keeps building and building and building, and all of a sudden, you know, and pointing your finger and your whatever, okay? These are natural things, okay? What the past masters realized was that there were certain tones and certain uh, which are obviously reflected in the natural language patterns, right? So the things that we covered uh, during camp started with the natural Japanese, but I, I, I gave examples for how that would come out in English or whatever because of the vocal tonality and things like that, right? But what we're doing is psychologically affecting them, right, um, with these different things, okay? So... I mean, for some people, it's they've already won, and then they're going to scream to the universe that I won. I mean, that's a key I too. Uh, but what we're looking at is 
it, this this ties in, and a lot of these things will start to cross over because the questions came up during camp, right? How is Kiai different from Ninjino Uge, which is influence, deception, manipulation, that kind of thing, right? Aren't I influencing him with my work? Of course, right? This stuff goes together like jigsaw puzzle pieces or gears in a machine, um, but the framework separates them out, so it makes it easier to dive into a given area and work with it, right? What else is on there besides neuro-linguistic programming? Uh, influence, the book by Robert Cialdini. All oh, right, we discussed uh, influence and things like that, these different drivers that are being used against you all the time, but the seven things that are that are listed in that in that book, um, because we're we're pack animals, we're we're social creatures, right? These are hardwired into us to work well in a group, to be a cooperative member of a group, right? Those people who don't have them, we call them sociopaths or psychopaths, depending on how that manifests, right? But they're completely disconnected from that interconnective uh, network and influence, right? But because they're there, they're easily triggered, right? And, but there, there are ways to counter and all that kind of stuff, right? But if we know how that works, one of the ways that I use between neurolinguistic programming and influence and all that with my students or with somebody that's coming in to enroll for classes or whatever, they're just getting information from me, right? Is if I know how the brain logically processes information, right, I can discuss things in that order so that they can get to an authentic yes or no and not a pressured yes or a confused no, because a confused mind always says no, right? What most people do, though, is they just jump around, right? They throw out information, but they throw it out indiscriminately, and then they cause confusion in the other person, and then nothing happens, okay? So anyway, right? So kiajitsu is kiajitsu, right? There's things that we can study. There's things that we can look at um, to gain that kind of influence. But in this case, the influence is through the spoken word. It's through sound. Okay. Uh, I think the, some of the other things we talked about was, was um, inflection and tonality. Right. Uh, some people are just very, very monotone. Right. If I did these uh, podcasts with the same tempo and the same tone the entire time, we would never have people staying on for it. Can you hear it? It just starts to put your brain to sleep, right? Nobody would stay on for a friggin' hour or hour and a half or whatever we do, right? So, but the ability to go, uh, with my vocal tone, the ability to go as deep as I can go and as quiet as I can go and then begin to raise it up until the, what I'm doing is I'm applying pressure with muscles, um, in my, in my neck and in my, uh, vocal area and things like that and in my mouth to create that higher pitch, like, you know, that comes across with excitement. And, and things like that, right? And to change the speed at which the air comes across the vocal tone or the vocal cords and things like that, right? It's, it's a whole, it's, it's a skill set, right? So again, ki is not just like uh, refined uh, combat monkey noises. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot more to it, okay? Language is just refined ki okay? For some people. For other people, language is pretty much reduced to Mm. Uh. 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 <laughs> James, I don't know if you're like nodding because you agree because that you hear people say that all the time or you're agreeing because it's you. 
Could not, be both. Could be both. Anyway. All right. So let's just keep on moving on, right? So, all right. So, Kiai Jitsu, 21st century. Kiai is Kiai, right? It's, it's this expression, right? This, but it implies harmonizing energy, right? Harmonizing, right? So, building rapport through language and, and language skills, that's a harmonizing kind of thing, right? As opposed to making people never want to be around you kind of thing, right? Um, but also harmonizing with because what you're doing and what you're saying matches the context of the situation, right? This person coming at you fast and hard, it's probably not going to work by that point for you to go, now calm down. It's a, right. You're going to have to try to say that between punches that are knocking your teeth uh, out. I guess, I guess it'll increase the calcium intake in your body if your teeth get knocked out and you swallow them, but maybe not. Anyway, all right, so uh, Ninja no Taijutsu, right? So what is the essential nature of Ninja no Taijutsu? Okay. Before you say self-defense and combat, most people in our art, in the Bujinkan, all that, right, absolutely come at things from a samurai perspective. I don't give a shit what they say, okay, because they're focused on unarmed fighting. Well, you can throw in weapons too, okay? But the rule of the ninja from the Togakure school, the Kumugakure school, right? I mean, we can just start with the three primary ninja schools within the Bujinkan, right? The rule, and, and this is in the Togakure school, if a ninja has to draw his sword, that includes fist, feet, whatever, right? If a ninja has to use his weapon, he has already lost, which means he's been discovered and he failed at working his will without action. That doesn't mean you're not acting to do what you're doing. It means nobody can see that you're the one doing it. Okay? So why is Ninja no Taijutsu on the list? For when you failed. For when you couldn't use your awareness, escape tactics, de-escalation tactics, and all that, right? You know, the eight-phase framework that we have, and you're stuck with nothing but staying alive. Okay? So, but why do we do that first then, right? If if the, and there's this rule of three kind of thing that I was introduced to uh, as a brand new white belt, right? The first goal of the ninja is to set up his or her life so that no one ever thinks of attacking them. They, they never... Right. They're either seen as a foregone conclusion and you're, they're not worth it. Right. They're just not a worthwhile target. Right. Or there's no reason to attack them. Right. They're just a nice guy, nice girl, whatever. The person needs them, whatever. Um, or they just seem like they're just. They're just it'd be too difficult uh, or. You know, I'm not willing to sacrifice my life, but not because they come across, you know, chest puffed out and all that. Right. But the first goal, the 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 excuse me, the epitome is to set up one's life so that an attacker never appears. That's a really worthy ideal. But I got to tell you, it took decades for me to get there. I've been doing this for 40 years. And. It's been an 
maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years since somebody's actually threatened to hurt me. Okay. So I, I really understand Hatsumi Sensei's uh, lesson a long, long time ago when he said the irony is that the longer you train and the better you get, the less likely you are to be attacked. And it's not because you have all these skills. It's because you've refined other personal character traits that controls things. You're working your will without action, right? You have the skills if that fails, but by and large, angry people, victims, depressed, whatever, they don't want to hang out around somebody who's strong, successful, upbeat, happy, whatever, right? It just irritates the crap out of them, right? Okay. So I find that the way I carry myself, they, they don't stick around for very long. Right. Somebody who's wants to threaten me or whatever. Right. Just kind of let that stuff roll off and, you know, look at him, smile, nod and go, yeah, well, if you hit me, I'll probably a little bit fall down. Maybe, you know. I feel like it, I could curl up into a fetal position and cry a little bit, whatever. Right. Um, and I just make a joke out of it. Okay? Um, they're not getting a rise out of me, so they tend to just go away or they change. I don't care which one. Right. So. But that's the ideal, right? If that doesn't work, then we have to be really, really good at escape, evasion, and invisibility techniques, right? So we're either escaping from the sight line of potential attackers, right? Or we're really good at escaping dodge, you know, getting out of dodge so they can't get at us, right? That takes a, that takes quite a while, right? So what are we left with? Well, we're left with that guy might show up and I can't just, you know, distract, get out, whatever. And the physical takes longer in its own right as far as scale and all that. But per, um, compared to these other two realms, that's the easiest thing. But because I haven't set up my life so that threats and attacks don't come and I'm still working on the whole invisibility thing, right? Escape and evasion and whatnot. Then the chances of danger coming at me in my realm, is just, it's just greater percentage wise, right? So it's on the list, right? But historically it was on the list because if the ninja's mission failed and their invisibility or information gathering, Whatever, if they were found out, then they were going to have to do something physical to, to go away. Right? Anybody else, anybody throw anything on top of that, James? No? All right. Okay. I'm going to stop giving all the answers and let everybody else answer the stuff. What do you think? That'd be cool. All right. Ninjino Ken, right? Ninjino Ken. All right. We're going to shortcut this because we're already 45 minutes into things, right? Ninjino Ken, Ninjino Shuriken, and Ninjino Sojutsu, right? Sword, what most people call throwing star, right? And spear, halberd, right? I have a question first, right? Spear's on there. Where the hell is the long staff? Where's the bow? Anybody? The bow's actually on the Togakure list, right? Bojo and all that kind of stuff, but why not on the core the core list for the Ninja Hachimon. 
Next time we do this, let's download the old Jeopardy theme song. No? I'll take double Jeopardy for a Twinkie. <laughs> I don't even know if that sounds right. See, I don't waste my time watching this stuff. Anyway, any anybody, anything? No? Crap. All right. James, why is the why is the bow not on the Ninja no Hachimon list? Because it's assumed that you already have some skill with it because it's just an everyday utility piece, if not used as a weapon just by people every day during that time. The long staff was everything from a walking staff to something you carried because there were wild monkeys. Um, I take you to Japan with me. And we go up on the Heizan to go visit the Tendai Temple. Uh, there are signs along the highway. Stay in your car. Wild monkeys. And while that sounds funny, you don't want to get jumped by one of these damn things. Because they're big and they're freaking mean, right? There are poisonous snakes, all that kind of stuff, right? So everybody had one. And on top of that, they didn't have running water. So you were carrying buckets down to the river or whatever well or stream or water supply or whatever, and then carrying them back. So you got the pole over the shoulders, one you know one or more buckets on either side, carrying this stuff back multiple times a day. So these things were laying all over the place, right? So everybody likes to like, you know, oh, I, I could use a long staff, right? Well, no shit. Most people in ancient Japan could use a long staff. To some degree, they could use a long staff. Maybe not to the same degree that um, accomplished warriors that, that lasted, you know, forever um, could use, but uh, enough that they could uh, deter bandits and, you know, take care of snakes and, like I said, wild monkeys and wild boar and all that kind of stuff, right? So we jump straight to the Yadi or the Naginata, right? Because now we're talking about a weapon, right? Um, the ken, right? The sword, the shuriken, right? We can go into all these things. We can go into really, really deeply. Um, I'm just not going to do it at the moment, okay? But if we look into, if we look into the skill set, but beyond the form of the weapon, what do we find? Told you, pop quiz. If you're listening on the audio, you're either yelling the answers out or you're pensive and not realizing how much time is passing because I'm quiet. Can you imagine me just going quiet and waiting until an answer popped in? People think the show was over. <laughs> this is not easy. This took me years to look into and figure out because the obvious is, well, here's a list. That's what I'm supposed to learn. That's the form of it. And okay, but that's not that's not going to do us any good if we come up against somebody who understands the invisible side of the training. The psychology, the strategy, the tactics, those kind of things, right? So here are these things, right? Okay? First thing I want you to understand historically is that they're on the list because they were the technology of the day. 
specifically for Ninja. Okay. If we look at Shuriken, we could jump into these little things and do this little nuance thing. One of which we discussed during uh, camp, which was this argument that came from a long time ago, right? Shuriken, uh, most people see it as a throwing star, even though there's leaf shaped Shuriken, there are spikes, whatever, right? A lot of forms of Shuriken don't look like a freaking star at all. Okay. So, again, people latch onto these things and then just run around like, you know, um, I don't know, monkeys that own a book, but haven't necessarily, they don't have the skill to read the book. So, um, shu, if we break down the, the word, right, shudi ken, right, there, there are three different syllables, three kanji, right? Shu is the same shu as in shuto, okay? It means hand, okay? okay can all, shu, the kanji shu can also be pronounced te, as in karate, not karate, karate, okay? Um, Taken, those kind of things, right? So shu, hand, right? I'm going to jump over the middle syllable and go to the end, ken, right? Ken is conventionally translated as blade, yes? Okay. But ken for a ninja is any fist, weapon, or tool. Okay. So it can mean blade, but it's more broadly uh, translated. Okay. It's the middle kind. So we have hand and we have blade. We'll just keep it simple, right? The middle kanji, there's two ways to translate that based on this argument, and they're both right. But you can't juxtaposition the things. You can't you can't switch them. Okay. For the samurai arts, the samurai had a tactic, right? Where if they needed to get the jump on another swordsman, right? So let's say both of our both of us are facing off. We both have our swords in the belt. We're going to be um, engaging in bato jutsu. So we're going to draw and cut. Okay. Um, and I think he might be at my skill or better or I need an advantage, right? I'm going to use a shuriken technique. Not, well, I, I will be using a shuriken, <laughs> but it's going to look very different from what most people think of, okay? So in this case, the middle kanji for ri means flip or thrown, okay? So now a shuriken is a hand-thrown blade. Okay, or a blade thrown with the hand, right? So in this case, right, as I go to draw my long sword, I'm actually going to catch the handle, the grip of my short sword, a jute, a tanto, something like that, and I'm going to throw that at him first. And while he's fending, dodging, whatever, dealing with this thing that's coming at him, I'm going to draw my sword and cut it, okay? It's a stall tactic. So in this case, it is a hand-thrown blade, right? From our context, our shuriken hand-thrown blades. Yes. Okay. We can throw kaiken, right? Uh, wheel, shuriken, bow shuriken, right? There are these other ones that look like a leaf. Some are called hapa. There's all these different names, right? Okay. We can throw a damn arrow, right? Like a javelin or a dart, right? But in the context of what we're talking about, the ri kanji means held. 
It's a handheld blade. So in this context, the Boshudikin or the star, whatever, right, is held in the hand in different ways, right? Uh, the basic way is to hold it against the palm of the hand like a magician might palm things, right? So there's a point, right? If, we, if we're looking at a Senban Shudikin or one of these four-pointed Shudikin, because the Togakure, their specialization was three-point and four-point Shudikin, right? So were there others? Yeah, of course, right? But um, everybody has their secrets, right? So one point would stick between the index finger and the thumb, okay? And that space, not to stick in the hand, right? Stick, I just want to make sure I'm clear, right? Between the index finger and the thumb. Another point sticks between the uh, middle finger and the ring finger. Another one sticks between the ring finger and the little finger. And then the fourth point points down at the wrist, down the palm, right? So now what I have is what in modern self-defense parlance we would say is a force magnifier or amplifier or whatever, right? So now when I punch him, right, it's not my knuckles that are hitting. I get to rip him open. I can snag and hold on, all those kind of cool things, right? So from a ninja's perspective, remember that ninja operate in both realms, okay? Standard warrior, right? Warrior variants, warrior variation, right? So for us, shooting are both, okay? But that doesn't tell me why it's on the on the list, okay? Why is it on the list? Why is Yachty, right? Let's make this simple. Okay. <laughs> I can't make this too much simpler. Right? We've got a Ken, we've got a sword. I don't care if it's a ninja, I don't care if it's a shinobi katana, right? Ninja to. I don't care if it's a katana. I don't care if it's a dachi. I don't care. So that has a certain link to it, right? We have a Yari, we have a Naginata. It might be just a Nagamaki, which is about the same length as a Dachi anyway, right? All these things predated, <coughs> excuse me, Katana. So, um, but what are we really looking at? Right? The sword is what? Besides a cutting implement, we know that it's a blade. What is it, James? It's a close range weapon. Close range weapon. Okay. Compared to the other ones, the Yachty or the Naginata is your mid range weapon, and the Shudokin is your long range weapon. You could easily swap out the Shudokin for Yumiya, right? Bow and arrow, except that's on the conventional warrior list. So. We have a close-range weapon that's a bladed weapon. We have a long-range weapon that's a pole arm, given that it has a pokey stick on or a pokey thing or, you know, blade on the end of it, right? You have a mid-range weapon, and then you have a projectile weapon as your long-range weapon. Keep those in mind. Bladed weapon, close-range. Pole arm is mid-range. Projectile weapon is long-range, okay? They come as a set, all right? But they were based on the technology of the day. And I get it. I get all warm and fuzzy when we're playing with traditional weapons. Right? But I don't go through my life expecting to find long stabs or yachty or whatever laying around that I might be able to scoop up if some jack wagon jumps out of a, you know, out of a freaking doorway 
and decides to go to town, right? And in many areas in the world, many areas in our country, right? Go ahead and carry a stack of nine shuriken around with you and then, you know, get caught with them. You don't even have to employ them in the, in the commission of a crime, the mere possession of them, right? Try walking around town with a sword hanging off your belt. See if the guys with the guns don't get called. Okay? So I get it. We all want to do it the traditional way. We all want to be classical. How about if we start by learning from those things and then be able to apply the lessons, the wisdom in today's world without ignoring the lessons and doing classical no matter what or, you know, ignoring the consequences, right? Or ignoring the essential nature behind the lessons so we end up just throwing a bunch of shit together and then throwing a slapping a name on it, right? So we can be our own grandmaster in today's world, right? Anyway, all right, so we have those. Hold on to those, right? Um, Ninjo Kajutsu, right? Why is Kajutsu on there? Anybody? Why is fire and explosives on the list? James is shaking his head now. I was gonna, I was gonna wait as long as I could, but anyway, I, I don't want people to think the show was over. Okay, nothing. Okay. No, sir. All right. Well, shit. Guerrilla warfare, right? Escape and evasion, all those wonderful things. Okay. Um, smoke's that not that big of a deal anymore, right? right? We throw smoke and whatnot. If it doesn't have like um, some kind of irritant gas along with it, um, modern warrior or modern uh, soldiers and combatants, youth pop smoke. They just shoot into the smoke because you're in there somewhere. Right? So, but what was the biggest deal in ancient Japan when it came to fire and explosives? Everything was built of wood and paper. So fire was an ever-present danger. And you want to freak people out. You light a house on fire. Everything else is going to burn. That fire gets everybody's attention. Right? When was the last time you ran to a fire in your town because you heard the alarms go off? You did. Because you're so conditioned that there's fire companies, they're going to do it. Unless you're a part of one of those fire companies, you probably didn't give it more than a second thought. Oh, something's on fire. It's kind of like when somebody's car alarm goes off. I'm sure there was good intent behind it. But how many people give it a second thought when a car alarm goes off other than, man, stop that freaking noise. So we have to be careful with false sense of confidence, right? But we need to get to the get to the core essence, why fire and explosives? Right? Those kind of things, right? Nijna Uge. Normally translated as deception and manipulation, but influence is in there as well, right? So why is that there? Right? 
pass false information to the enemy's camp, right? Get other people to give you information, right? Think about ninja, information gathering, spies, that kind of thing, right? So um, presenting an image that you want them to buy into, uh, you know, ninja were were hired by uh, armies, samurai clans and things like that, right? Um, because of their flexible ways of thinking, right? Kind of like a, a special forces advisor to an army. They're the only one working with them, right? They're not expected to be a combatant. They're expected to come up with um, alternative strategies, right? So, uh, you know, s- setting things up or, or giving information, um, all these classes run together. James, when did I do the class on the three aspects of the ninja, but from the Uda perspective? Was that uh, on one of the coaching calls with our inner circle guys? No, that was Kuden last week. That was Kuden last week. Well, okay, I already gave it to you then. All right. So hiding certain aspects so they don't have all the information. If they don't have all the information, it's very difficult for them to come up with a plan to come and attack your nary butt, right? I almost used the word ass, but I don't want YouTube to kick us off. So <laughs> I guess I used ass again. Anyway, so um, so Ninja no Uge, right? So we get that, right? Deception, manipulation, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so Ninja no Kyomon, right? Kyomon, what the hell is Ninja knowledge, okay? Well, it includes how do I make, you know, gunpowder? How do I make this stuff? How do I fashion these tools. But people tend to stop there. That's the omote. That's the obvious. Right? Except Nijino Kyomon includes the study of everything from politics to religion to interpersonal communication to name something. Mathematics, science, whatever. Okay? Why? We're warriors for God's sake. Give me a weapon, point at the enemy, and I'll go kill him. Why? Well, a couple of things along the way have been hinted to by Hatsumi Sensei. Like, to be called a ninja is to be called a true lady or gentleman. Okay? So, one of the confusing things for people is in who or what is a jonin, who or what is a chunin, and who or what is a gainin. Compound that with, okay, we're in an organization. Okay? Um, so does that mean that the one person in charge is the Jonin and then other people are, and then the students, right? Um, I, I was told a story a long, long time ago. Uh, my first teacher in the art, Stephen Hayes, um, was training in Japan and he was walking either to or from class one night, uh, with one of the other, with what would have been one of his seniors, Right. And so they were having this discussion and he said, you know, so I've been studying this stuff. Right. So um, he kind of gave his little take on things. Right. So so Jonin, Chunin, Ganyan. Right. So does that mean then that Hatsumi Sensei, since he's ahead of the organization. Right. He's the Jonin for our clan. Right. And then the teachers are the Chunin, the middle men, middle people. Right. Excuse me. And then the students are the Ganyan. And his friend slash senior slash teacher said, oh, is that what you think? 
Um, no, that's not even close. Because Ganon can only ever teach their children or whoever comes to them as students to be Ganon. That's the skill set. That's the knowledge that they have. Chunin, right? These are strategists, right? Can only ever teach their children or people that come to them for study to be Chunin. And Jonin, warrior philosophers, can only ever teach their children to be Jonin. Hatsumi Sensei is a Jonin. So he is teaching all of us to be Jonin, to be the heads of our own ninja networks, because he has given us philosophy and life skills along with the combat skills. He has taught us about being successful. He has taught us all this stuff. People tend to skim over that stuff because it puts them to sleep because they only want gaining stuff. So... Well, Hatsumi Sensei is teaching us all to be Jonin. People can self-select, right? Limit themselves. But here we go, right? So the Ninja Kyomon is the thing that elevates the ninja beyond the level of a mere warrior or martial artist. That's the Omote. So you thought that was the Oda, right? That was the Omote, right? The obvious. What's the Uda? What's the hidden part? Why why else might it be on the list? James, I can see numbers on the screen. Can you hear anybody breathing? <laughs> Guys, pull up your keyboard for us. That I don't know if that's gonna work or not. No? Anybody anybody say anything? No, not in response to any of your questions. No. All right. All right. So the Nijno Kyomon, knowledge. Okay. The secret part of that is it's there to keep somebody from using the Ninjino Uge, the deception and manipulation, on us. Okay. Smart enough, well-rounded enough, critical thinking, right? So people can't blow smoke up your ass. So you're harder to manipulate, you're harder to deceive. People hate free thinkers. They would rather people be polarized so that they can make assumptions about them and operate from there. It requires less work. Okay. So please remember that all schools of martial arts, specifically Japanese martial arts, I can't speak for European or whatever because I've only done cursory studies there, but practically all schools, all lineages of Japanese martial arts have techniques to allow them to defend against their own techniques. A ninja would be remiss. That's a really smart word that means stupid. <laughs> not literally, but you know what I mean, right? To not protect themselves against deception and manipulation. Right? So therein lies the reason for that on there. Okay? All right. So 
we, we did this with Kiaijutsu, right? Let's let's get through this, right? Because I don't I don't want it to be any more painful than it might already be, right? The quiz is over. <laughs> just start doing these things, right? Okay. I'll just quiz uh, James because he was already there and he knows the answers. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, all right. So Nishno Kiai, right? It's the use of voice to do these things, right? So with the addition, with the exception of the addition of some other more like modern scientific ways to use voice, communication, language, those kind of things, right? To gain influence, right? To be more successful quickly, whatever. In conflict, in everyday life, in relationships, at work, whatever, right? Kajitsu is kajitsu, okay? Nishino taijitsu, right? What kind of skills? Well, most people would stop at those. Uh, what was one of the breakout sessions we did on uh, during the weekend, James, on Saturday? One of my black belts. June and Taiso uh, one, modern June and Taiso. Well, we did that, right? But right. I'm talking about Tim's. Uh, you know, oh, his. Tim's uh, right. One his of my guys. We say that he infiltrated jujitsu, right? Because mm -hmm. now he teaches when he teaches jujitsu things to people, um, especially to, to our guys during the weekend. He was pointing out kamai on your back, right? Because he was going to Ichimonji, he was going to Seigan, he was doing these little things every time. Um, they teach something in this one school that he uh, also goes to, right? He sees Kamai. He sees these reference points, right? And it allows him a little bit more control instead of just kind of making things up along the way. But he and I were, have been discussing for a while, so he came in at a breakout session because lots of people are running around learning this stuff, okay? If you're, if you're tied to is still wrapped around defending against 13th, 15th, whatever century classical Japanese attacks. When in the Western world, you're more likely to come up against somebody doing jabs and uppercuts or right crosses, which we did over the weekend, right? Or dogpiling on you, wrestling you to the ground and trying to break something on you, which we did, right? Then you're not prepared for modern attacks, okay? So while the taijutsu is the taijutsu, right? It is what it is, right? Uh, uh, Tagagi Yoshin, Shinden Fudo, right? They have things for on the ground, whatever, okay? Um, you tend to not get locked up with somebody the same way as you do with like BJJ and, and things like that because you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a, sterile environment with somebody that can rush in and stop things if it gets, you know, too bad or whatever, right? But in a combat scenario, in a back alley or on a battlefield, you would never, ever, ever put somebody in a restraint that you couldn't get out of in one move. If you're so wrapped around them to immobilize them and you're trapped as well, that's, that's strategically unsound how about that for a politically correct way of saying that's really stupid okay. so but we have to look at these things right so all the stuff that's been passed along we have to also recognize that along the way see people like to gravitate to 
this is the way it's done. This is the official way. This is the way it's always been done. And that's wrong. Okay. So Oyomo Takagi, the acknowledged founder, first uh, Soke of the Takagi Ocean View, right, did not learn this stuff from somebody else or just formulate it out of the air. Right. In his day, he was an acknowledged master of what was then. So we're talking centuries ago, right? What was then a traditional martial system. Okay. And he got in a fight with a modern fighter and got his ass handed to him. And what we have, well, what he developed, right? Because every generation's grandmaster has added to things. Hatsumi Sensei has added to the scrolls. Okay. This is a living art. But he ran a process. One was observation. Okay. First, he started off by being thankful that the guy that beat him did not do what they would have normally done back in the day and killed him. Okay. So he spent about a year wandering around watching fights to see how people were fighting, not just what he had practiced to deal with in the dojo. Then he went up on the Mount Hiezan, where the Tendai uh, school is, right? And reflected on things and, and started putting things together based on these fights, right? Actually set his previous knowledge aside so he could come at it fresh. He, he's still tainted, right? You still have all these other principles and concepts and whatever, right? Came up with this thing, but instead of identifying himself now as an acknowledged grandmaster, of a newly invented system, right? He came down off of Mount Hiezan and spent a year wandering around testing his new theory, his new system. And it wasn't until after that, and it was working, that it became the thing that started to get passed down, okay? But along the way, Tagagi Yoshin got influenced by Kukushinden, right? At least with the staff stuff, all of them influenced each other. Because if you look at the at the family lineage, the, the, the lines, right, that made up the Bujinkan, one person held multiple lineages, not just not just Takamatsu, right, along the way. Right? And that would influence things and whatnot, right? Battle tactics, armor, clothing, all kinds of things changed along the way. Uh, I, I think I said earlier on in this episode, right? What most people know of as Kosei no Kamai in today's world didn't always look like that. Okay. So subject to change are all things, at least for a ninja. Right? So Taijutsu has to it doesn't have to change, but we have to understand which tools, which Kamai, what tactics, what strategies to deal with different fighter types, different body sizes. You don't fight somebody who's big and has lots of natural body armor, we'll call it, right? Um, everybody was trained with Tim for a while, and Tim is 6'2 and weighs about 350, right? There are certain techniques. I'm not even going to try to put on Tim, okay, because I'm just going to hang off his arm as he flexes and lifts me up off the ground, right? Um, but knowing how to match those things up because you're doing your study, right? That's all part of the Nijinokyomo, right? 
So anyway, right? So then we move into Ken, right? So if the sword was the short-range weapon of the day, back in the day, right, what's the short-range weapon in today's world? What is it, James? A knife. Knife. Right? Coincidentally, it's still an edged weapon. Still a bladed weapon. What's the mid-range weapon of today? It's a cane or a short stick. Most of you think of as hanbo, right? One of the things we covered was that in today's world, the what-if weapons of yesterday, right? Because nobody would have opted to take a freaking knife or a short sword onto a battlefield when everybody had shit that was three times as long. That would, again, there would be a stupid thing, right? Same thing with choosing the hanbo or a joe. When people probably weren't even carrying around long stabs, they were carrying around seven to nine foot length, uh, spear, halberds, whatever, right? The Joe and the Hanbo grew out of what if situations. That's the scrolls they're on. They're not called what if, but you get the idea, right? Um, you know, I've, I've got this thing. Somebody took a, a sharp implement and hacked it down. Now I've got to use this at least for a second or two so I can deal with this guy and reach down on the battlefield and grab a serviceable weapon that's the right length. See, most people don't give that any consideration either. The battlefield is littered with weapons, just like it's littered with bodies. Who do you think carried them there, right? So if my spear gets cut and I have a long staff, a joe, or a hanbo, or shooter, that's what I have for the moment I need to finish this guy, and I'm not finishing the battle with a damn hanbo. I'm going to bend over, grab something, and now I've got a sword or a spear or whatever. And I now I've regained my advantage, right? Um, anyway, so Ken, right? So the clubbing weapon, right? It was mid-range back in the day. It's mid-range today. I don't care if you're looking at an umbrella, tire iron, baseball bat, pool cue, or whatever, still a mid-range weapon. It's longer than a knife, right? And then the shoot again, right? That's a thrown weapon. It's a projectile weapon, right? So what's the projectile weapon of today's world? Handguns, firearms, right? The, the weapon classification never changed. And for everybody that's like, you know, uh, firearms, okay, just remember, when firearms came in, were brought in by the Portuguese to the port of Panagashima. Okay. I know that because the flintlocks, the first single shot firearms, right? The Japanese called Tanagashima. They called them Tanagashima because they came in, they didn't have a word for firearm, right? And how do you translate a, a European word that's consonant driven? into a language that's vowel-driven. So they just called it a Tanagashima, right? But after a short amount of use by the samurai, they determined that it's not fair, that we're recruiting people out of villages, right? I've spent my entire life learning warfare. But when we go to war, we're grabbing all these people out of villages and we're putting them on the front lines. So we're giving them these, these things and they're able to take out at distance a trained warrior so he doesn't even have a fighting chance. 
So they ditched the firearms. Ninja did not. <laughs> because there's an advantage, right? So firearms show up both, right, in your projectile weapon area, but they also belong to fire and explosives because of the, the mechanism. But either way, right, With that, it's not on the list. It's not on our list twice, okay? So Taijutsu Taijutsu can translate into the modern world as knife fighting, right, with, against, and unarmed against, okay? Um, uh, spear turns into Hanbo, Joe, basically cane length kind of things, but we'll, we train all the way down to Kubaton, keychain length kind of things, right? Um, Shuriken firearms, uh, Kajutsu, Kajutsu, right? That was what? Distraction. It's really about escape and evasion. The obvious side is the escape and evasion, right? How can I move around? I can either scatter these people so they're so disoriented they don't see what I'm doing, or I am creating distractions in one area so I can move in another area, all that kind of stuff, right? So it's it's escape and evasion tactics, right? Is that what I have on the list there, James? I didn't just make up something new? No. I didn't, no, I don't have it on the list, or no, I didn't make up something new? No, you just didn't make up something new. Okay, all right. Ninja no Uge, Deception and Manipulation, right? That's, what is that? That's influence, right? It's rapport building. It's all this other stuff. Um, do we have anything in there differently? I don't think so. Uh, just Q, just a Tenkan. Ah, right, which is, runs through our entire art, right? Q, just Tenkan, right? The just positioning of truth and falsehood, right? What that really boils down to is learning to speak somebody else's listen and understanding their needs and their weaknesses. Being able to read that so that you can either help someone move towards success like we teachers do, or you can hone in on exactly those things that someone who's trying to do you harm needs or is the most afraid of and either promise to give them that which they need so they become dependent or constantly show them reflections of that which they're afraid of so that, again, it's still about control. It's still about that kind of thing, right? And Nijinou Kyomon is Nijinou Kyomon, right? The need to be intelligent and smarter than the average bear so that you can accomplish things faster, easier, more effortlessly, more efficiently, it never goes away, and it never goes out of style. Okay? So I don't think we have anything else on Killmon, right? Killmon is Killmon, right? It's just, right? Make yourself almost impossible to manipulate and deceive. That doesn't mean you just need to run around and study things or whatever. Sometimes it's just the personality trait that when somebody throws something at me that I don't know, the first thing I do is don't open my mouth and feel this egoistic need to speak up because I'm afraid to sound stupid. And if they try to convince me of something, I go look it up. Nobody has an excuse in today's world. Holy shit. 
We're all carrying supercomputers around in the palms of our hands. You can get a cursory education in anything in under an hour. Between Google and YouTube, which is the same thing, you can find out enough to handle 98, 99% of manipulators in under an hour. And more often than that, way less. And that's not even with, that's not even going to the dark web or anything like that. That's just, it's just right there. Right? You don't need those 30 books on your bookshelf called an encyclopedia. Right? You don't need anything like that. Right? You can find everything from freaking how to tie a fishing lure to how to launch a rocket <laughs> and everything in between. Right? You now have access to the same amount, if not more information than every university professor on the face of the planet. Your willingness, desire, and and skill in using it, that's, that's different. Anyway, so, um, again, we spent a weekend on it, but all I did was pull things that we normally just have out in different seminars and whatnot and bringing things together. So, I, again, this is my ride, right? So, I believe that... We should be learning from the past so that we can apply in the present, right? I don't know what things are going to look like in the future, right? That projectile weapon could be a freaking plasma beam for all I know. I have no idea, right? But things adapt, okay? And survival of the fittest, if we don't adapt, then, well, you know what happens, right? <clears throat> you get eaten by a 98-pound weakling who knows how to code. <laughs> right? So, anyway, dangers way back in the day were more physical. Dangers today, the weak have inherited the earth. If anybody's waiting for Armageddon to come around, the weak have inherited the earth. That pass laws so the strong can't be strong. So, just like last episode, we need to hide. In plain sight, but we need to hide. But you need tools and you need knowledge to do what we need to do and be successful in the world. All right. I've held out. Nothing bad has happened, right? Uh, let's open it up to questions. Questions, comments, doesn't have to be about what I just covered, right? So James will let me know if anything pops up. I'm waiting to watch his eyebrows pop up because somebody finally tossed something out. Somebody make his face move. Other than me making it move. I hope I get through this quickly. I hate it. And I don't hate much. But little bugs inside my body that I can't, like, duke it out with, not cool. Not cool. Anyway. Anything? No, sir. Crickets are strong tonight. 
right. No big deal. Okay. So um, I literally slid into this episode right under the wire, not because of the illness, but because uh, even though I couldn't teach today and could barely move without my stomach going, don't move. Okay. Um, I have been loading up, excuse me, extra video training um, on uh, YouTube. So a bunch of shorts today, and I'm, I'm working on a long piece from one of our classes that's going to go up here tonight. Uh, I'm also reformatting things. Uh, they're already out, right? Every time one went up to YouTube shorts, uh, a version of it also went to TikTok if you're over there. Another one went to Instagram Reels if you're over there. Um, and I've got some other articles and whatnot that I need to share around because I've got a strategy for that stuff. So, um I'm going to go be going into content overload. So uh, where before, even when we were doing it um, pretty seriously, a bunch of weeks, maybe, what, a month and a half ago, something like that, right? Um, I was putting up, I don't know, one to three things a day, couple of days a week kind of thing. Um, I'm going to be hitting it hard. So uh, watch for all the stuff, pick and choose what's going to be useful for you. Um if it is, great. If it isn't, don't worry about it. Okay? Um, you know, we're all grown-ups, right? You can do what you want. So uh, anyway, but uh, if you are interested in getting some live training, but you can't make it to a dojo or whatever and you want to get the next best thing, instead of just dealing with re- recorded video and then trying to ask questions on, uh, you know, on forums or whatever, Right. Um, we now have this uh, Ninpo Masterclass program. Um, I don't know if James already posted the uh, the link to it or not, but uh, we'll make sure that's also in the description area uh, as soon as we close this thing out uh, for the YouTube side of things. It'll be down there, uh, but you'll be over over take a look at that. I think I have like a I don't know ten minute or so uh, little discussion about why it's there and uh, what you're actually getting, right? And, um, you know, we've got a couple of different options, right, uh, for folks. But um, so if it's if it's something you can use, great. If it isn't, no harm, no foul, right? Um, it'll be there for folks who, uh, who can, right? Uh, I think that's it. Unless questions popped up or... Hey, no, not, not even any of those. Well, there's a couple of those okay. right at the very beginning. But since then, there was. Man, I really irritated the crap out of people tonight. <laughs> Locked up their brains, right? Okay. The stuff that we covered during Kuden is not, I mean, I can give you step-by-step uh, processes for some of the things, but it's not the, the easy stuff. And I know how difficult it can be to learn techniques, but ultimately, step-by-step physicality stuff is the easiest part of this art, right? Tactical application and strategic thinking, not so much, okay? It takes an increase in knowledge, an increase in perspective, right? And how do you think differently than other people or other fighters when... I mean, how much, right? I, I, I already have tricks. Yeah. So do they. 
and you'd be surprised at how much or how many of them are exactly the same, even though the moves are different. Okay. What was one of the things we discussed during camp this weekend? Um, the training is not the fight any more than the map is the territory that it depicts, which is why you send out Ford observers, which is why you do other information gathering on the ground in the territory, because the map is, it hints, but the map is not the territory. The kata is not the fight you'll be dealing with, right? That kind of thing, right? Even the sparring that you do in the dojo. Unless you're willing to stick your finger deep inside someone's ocular socket, right, or reach in and grab and pull out some wires and stuff like that in training, you're never going to get as close. You can hint at certain aspects during certain drills, right, because what you're trying to do is get all that stuff into subconscious storehouse so that you have a better chance of it coming out when you're under pressure. But most people, even Kumite people, right, most of them are not willing to go to where it's a fight. Right? And it starts with, that's my training partner, it's my friend, I like them. Right? Unless you're a sociopath, there's like some of these MMA guys that I've seen that have admitted that they're in MMA because they like hurting human beings. And this gives them a legal way to do that. Right? It's not the same. Okay? So there's other things outside of step-by-step -step technique that we have to we have to take it into account. As a matter of fact, that was one of the little less than 60-second shorts I put out um, today. It alluded to that kind of thing, but it was really about the stuff we discussed with the ninja on Taijutsu. Anyway, God, I hope a sneeze is not coming on. If this gets worse, James, it's all your fault. I don't know why, but... <laughs> anyway, all right. Anything else? Right. I appreciate those of you who are, who are regulars uh, that you're on. Um, Without you guys, uh, this wouldn't be nearly as fun. So, no other questions? No other comments? James, you didn't yes, talk very much tonight at all. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Our joke is that he's, you know, the Gabby one. Yeah. <laughs> Although the week, the two weeks that the uh, website was down, you talked a lot, not just to them, but you were very expressive at the dojo. I'm pretty sure you were talking about what you would do if you could reach through the phone. <laughs> People say they want video phones and they want like, you know, that real world experience and stuff like that. It's always a good idea until it happens. <laughs> Do you really want somebody seeing you roll your eyes at their stupidity, right, on a phone call? That's why Zoom has the ability to turn the toggle your friggin' mic and your and your camera off, right? <laughs> Other, you know, besides not getting caught doing some stuff that reporters and whatnot have done. And anyway, right? Anyway, all right. So uh, let's just go ahead and wrap this up. Um, and I'm going to do it again next Monday, right, is going to be an open forum kind of thing. So uh, either sending questions ahead of time or have them during that episode, or that's going to be one of the shortest episodes in the history of podcasts. So questions, comments, topics, areas of training, whatever. Okay. 
Um, I'm sure I'll make up something if nobody sends anything in, but I'll probably make fun of people who don't send things in. Let's say they're training. That would probably be the entire episode. That would be cool. Okay. And you not signing on to be there for me to do that or for you to hear me do that is not going to stop me from doing it. Okay. So um, if I don't know what it is that you need specifically, then I just have to pick something. And I get it. Everybody, I'm just willing to learn whatever the teacher wants to teach. Yeah, okay. But when I'm teaching this stuff, where is that in the context of where you are in your training? And how does that serve you to move forward? Or does it just give you more talking points or more, I don't know. Okay? We covered that during the weekend as well. Right? You need to know where you are. You need to know what you need. You need to know where you're headed. Right? As Zig Ziglar, a very famous personal development, and I think he was even a sales coach at one time, right? Um, as he would always remind his uh, mentees and people that uh, uh, came to his speeches and all that, he said he said this about goals. He said, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. And with that, we'll wrap this one up. I'll talk to you next time. Be safe. Train hard.